DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Craig Bowlerjack, Utah Jazz TV voice, AT&T Sportsnet. He's coming up at 8.30. Kalani Sataki, BYU head football coach at 9.30. Got the question, who is the Jazz MVP halfway through the season? This is game 41 tonight. And we are getting a lot of the front office, management, whoever pulled the trigger on the Clarkson deal. Love's management. <laughs> because, right. They're all getting at the same point. This is a team that was a little over 500, and now they're suddenly undefeated. Clarkson showed up on the 26th, and they haven't lost since. A streak that has to end, but you still get Man, the point. Does it's, it have to end this year? Yes, it does. Oh. It does. You just, you <laughs> Once you get to a 10-game win streak, that's pretty long. So you're pretty near the end of it. Okay, does it have to end this month? Today the 16th? No, I wouldn't say it has to end this month. That's too hard. It will probably end this month, but no, it doesn't have to end this month. Will it end this month? Uh, uh, Playing play the odds, I would say yes. Yeah, because you play just look odds. at last night. That's why I don't want to hear that they've been beaten up on crap teams because the Lakers just lost to a the crap Magic team. and Houston <laughs> lost to crap. Portland. Orlando and is, Both of those teams are at home. In fact, all three of them were at home. And then uh, Detroit goes into Boston and beats them. All of those games, I'm not mistaken, were on the better team's home floor. And Orlando is a game and a half in front of Brooklyn. Orlando 7 in the East, Brooklyn is eight, and the Jazz were just in Brooklyn. So when you're saying they're crap teams, well, there's a team that's a game and a half worse than Orlando, and Orlando just won in L.A. Yeah, so you do not downgrade. You want to downgrade college wins? I'm all for it because there can be a huge discrepancy. And there can be a huge discrepancy in talent in the pro level, but the fact is the other guys are still pros. And they've all had their moments where they were superstars. Mel- Markel Fultz was the number one pick. And he sucked and been injured and had psychological problems and shooting and whatnot. But yet he throws down a triple-double against the Lakers in the fabulous form last night. Jose just tweets at us at the midway point of the season. Who's <laughs> the Jazz MP? He says, Ingles, period. No, period. Rudy, period. Wait, no, Donovan. Ah, bleep, all of them, LMAO. That was pretty funny. Well, I, I obviously he I was laughing that. his buttocks off. I enjoyed that. Good work, Jose. He <laughs> right. does not enjoy it. Well, it has to be one out of very two. Very funny if you if uh, once you throw in the L M A O. I mean, yeah, you're. It is. It, by definition, been, it's the, funny. The buttocks have been removed by giggles. Yeah. Kellen says, "Don't try to divide this team with MVP talk." Oh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make them <laughs> suck. Blame it on me. Why don't you, why don't you, every team has an MVP. Come on. Gilad, Gilad has got uh, Real Undisputed Defensive Player of the Year, and he spelled it like a sign you'd hold up on TV. It spells out Rudy. Real Undisputed Defensive Player of the... It. And then year. I understand what you're doing. Yeah, I got it. I think it's Rudy, no pun intended, slam dunk. We're getting a lot of that. Uh... Homer, Tucker, Rudy, 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 Rudy. Rudy deserves serious MVP consideration at this point in the season. That's not given out now. Plus, I think his B.A. attitude is infectious. The tough guy? Just the we will succeed. I don't even know if it's a tough guy. 
because he's not out there mixing it up, you know, like some tough guys like to do, whether they're fake tough guys or tough guys. You don't really see that. I don't. I don't recall him getting in any form of. You know, headbutting or yeah, that, doing that type of stuff. Well, a couple things. The NBA's tried to get rid of the enforcer type, and and when you're as good as Rudy is, you know you can't get kicked yeah, out. But it's still out there. Every, everybody knows they can't get kicked out. You're getting kicked out. You're going to hurt your personal income, not literally through the fines, but if you start being a a freak like that. You know, forget it. They're they're not going to tolerate that. You got to be really, really good if you're doing that. And none of those guys who are really, really good are doing that because it takes too much energy to be doing that. But there's, I, I think a lot of teams still have the tough guys or guys who are willing to get anytime anybody does anything to any jazz player. Ingles is right there. I remember when they who was it who tackled. Uh, Rubio, just right in front of the visitor bench, just basically just leveled them. Oh, that's right. I do remember yeah. that. And and Engels was right there. And then I think they, they threw the camera on Engels at the other end. Get the bleep out of here. So I, I, I wouldn't for, throw tough guy label on Joe, but I would say he is someone who will stick up and get in the middle of it the second anything happens. And usually he is in the middle of it. He's involved in it. But if he's not, he puts himself in there. You don't necessarily see Rudy doing all those other types of things. So I don't know that he's he's not the tough guy in the definition of the traditional Charles Oakley type tough guy or whatever you want to put in there. But his it's his attitude. It's, it's his attitude of we will succeed. I have a burning desire to succeed, and that burning desire will rub off on every one of my guys. And he had that desire. That's the number one reason why he succeeded is his mindset. You know, he's seven, whatever, and you got to be that. I get that. But there's not a lot of men who are seven feet, but there's enough of them to outfit NBA teams, and not all of them are doing what he does. And I think... The number one thing that I put on him is his mindset. His confidence in himself is absolutely incredible. I think of Letter Carrier had Gobert's confidence in himself. Look out! Yep, they'd have, and and he was uh, the best of the best as it was. But I think he would have taken it up more. Not been. I always thought that there were players he looked at and he had that confidence, and then there were players he looked at and he didn't. And if you look at the playoff losses, especially when the team was at its best, there were a, there were a couple common threads. You know, it was often Jordan or Olajuwon. They lost a lot of playoff series when they were really good, when they were sixty win good. They lost to those two guys. Obviously, there were other playoff losses as well. I think Gobert absolutely absolutely believes he's the best. And this is what he's supposed to do, and whatever it is that Quinn Snyder. So is that going to translate? Is that going to translate into five conference finals and two trips to the NBA finals? I hope so, Um, uh, because obviously that's what Carl and John got with their level of belief in themselves. And it's tougher when you're six feet tall to will your team. That's unless you're playing in a six foot and under league. Thank you. Thanks for that. In the NBA at NAU, they had that. They had a six and under league in the NBA. They did a UCSB, too. I played in it. I did, too. 
when you're over six feet? Well, everyone kind of fudged. It was kind of a Houston Astros, Boston Red oh, Sox thing. It was really, it was really a six-two and under league. They called oh. it six under, but there are plenty of guys my height. So I came in fine. Yeah, I'm not six feet. I've never been six feet. I will never be six feet. It was like good. It's like you can do sixty on the freeway, but you can really do sixty-five when it's posted at sixty. I want to be six-two, but I'll never be six. <laughs> I'd like to be six-two too, but I'll never be six-two either. Best I'm going to be is five eleven, and that sucks. <laughs> Not when you wanted in a six foot and under league. Yeah. Thought you never played the game. You did play the game. Oh, not at any high level. I mean, intramurals in a six foot and under league in, in Flagstaff, Arizona. Is you got me. <laughs> not exactly a ticket to the Hall of Fame here. I played regular intramurals, and then after that season was over, they had six foot and under. They had. Uh, so so they played that too. Yeah. Going going to a big school, they had like four. They had a league that was just for guys who played JC in college. But I looked at those games and thought, yeah, I don't belong in that game. No thanks. Not playing in the A division, and then the B division was high school kids. But there are a bunch of six six and six eight kids running around. Uh oh. But Gobert just believes in himself to the highest level, and it struck me the very first time I spoke to him years ago before he even burst on the scene. I remember you coming back after that conversation. It was startling. It would have slapped anybody in the face, metaphorically speaking. It just happened to be me that I had set up to have a little one-on-one with him back in the uh, old practice facility where they used to have bleachers. None of you would know it because you probably don't get a chance to go there, but they don't even have those bleachers anymore. They were tiny bleachers. They had like four or five rows. Right. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I think they had them because Jerry liked them. Oh. Jerry loved to go sit in those. Oh, he was well. like, put some bleach. I don't want to stand all the time. My back and my knees oh, and that. Well. And he'd go sit in those and talk to people because he had visitors come through and all that. Mm-hmm. And when they redid it, those went away. They did go away. And I can, and, and this was back when they had them. And I sat there one afternoon and just chatted him up. And he was nothing at the time. And just listening to him talk and listening to the belief he had in himself, I came away so thoroughly impressed. And you just watch him go now. Uh, the kid has got a determination, and I've been around hundreds, obviously, of high, high-level players over the years, and it just screams at you that this. And it, and it, and it, the thing about it, it's not in a bodacious way. It's not in an over-the-top manner. That's what makes it so impressive, because it's so matter-of-fact that this is what I'm going to do, and it's not like. I don't care if you don't believe me. I'm not trying to convince you of anything, doofus. This is just who it is and what's what it's going to be. We'll have to debate this another time, but I know you said he should be a serious MVP candidate. Yes, he should. Set that aside. Where do you think, predicting how many people who have MVP votes think that, where will he end up? Because don't you get to vote like one through ten? I think they get to vote. I don't have a vote, so I don't know. And I don't either. But I think they get. I think there's a long list you get to vote. And so I'm curious if he'll end up, you know, top five, top ten. Oh, I think he's got to end up top five if the team continues to win. Now we still have half a a season to go, so there's so much to be determined because it's a regular season award. It's not a playoff award. and if the second half, and I don't know that it'll be as well as as good as the first half, but if it's anything close, he's got to have uh, top five. Now, he certainly will make the All-Star game. The thing about the All-Star game is that that's the last game he should play in. <laughs> it's that's so a, for offensive it, players. It's a fish out of water yeah. type thing for him. 
You know, it would be classic if he blocked like eight shots. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but see, it's a, and you hate it. The, the screen assist, you know, he'll run over and set a screen, and then it'll be like. Okay, but I don't care be, about that. But it'll be like Carl, you know, with Kobe waving him away, like, no pick and rolls. I'm taking Jordan one on one. But that's fine. That's a dumb uh, all star game. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, the thing about block shots, guys will try to take you to the rim because they'll try to dunk. And if he's blocking five or more shots, that'll be something. And people will appreciate that because his game is not an NBA All-Star game. It's not the way that game it's, – that's not, that's not even a game. I can't even use the word game. It's a show. It's not a real game. It's a show. It's not even close to a real game. And fine, if that's what they want to do and that's what the fans want because it seems like the people who are in the arena are having fun watching it, I would prefer more real competition myself. But if that's what they want, fine. I told you the story in Phoenix. This is this is how crazy the things are. I, I fought my father. I asked him one time if he can get off work. And I wanted to go to the All-Star game. It was at the Phoenix Memorial Coliseum. And it was on a, like a Tuesday night. And we went and we, did, we didn't have tickets. We just walked up to the box office. Well, that must have been back in the 1400s, Grandpa. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like it? Pretty much. Yeah. I think I was like 14 years old. Because I was a big NBA fan as a kid. I uh, wasn't much of a college fan. I didn't really get into college basketball until I got assigned it here. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Why? Because it was on TV all the time, and yeah. I watched a ton of it, and it was fun. Yeah, but you're not, I mean, the tournament the East, was colleges aren't that. The big tournament a deal. was a great. Uh, was was just awesome. That one game. I mean, it's, it still is awesome, but not. It wasn't compared to the NBA. The NBA to me was where it was at. I was a hardcore NBA fan. Yeah, got my sporting news that would come in the mail, and I'd look at all the stuff. To uh, see what they were doing back in the out west where I, you know, I didn't watch it and I was as long asleep. And you get these box scores that would come in you know, two, maybe, three days later. Maybe it later. comes down to that I could watch the NCAA tournament and I couldn't watch the NBA finals. And maybe it was that simple. I lived the NBA I used, finals, I used to man. watch the NCAA tournament all the time. Well, you only watch it in March, so you didn't watch it all the time. Annually, as opposed to the NBA Finals, they were tape delayed at eleven thirty, and the game was wrapping up at two o'clock in the morning. Well, I know, but if you live back east, you weren't even—I didn't go even go out uh, cruising for chicks till like a quarter to twelve. See, there's the difference. All right, when we come back, Bowler, Kansas City, Midwest. I wonder how late. Uh, when did he start going out cruising for chicks? He's so hot, they came to him. Probably true. Probably true. <laughs> All right, DJ PK, Bowler's coming up next. Kalani Sataki at 9.30. Stay with us. And now, attention. Top of the Wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz wrap up a three-game road trip in New Orleans against the Pelicans, 6 o'clock, AT&T Sportsnet. The Zone's coverage starts at 5 with the pregame show. Zion Williamson now expected to make his NBA debut January 22nd against the Spurs, according to a release from the team. 
Lakers lost to the Orlando Magic at home, 119 to 118. The Rockets fell to the Blazers, 117 to 107. Rockets have lost three of their last four games. Luka Doncic with a triple double, 25 points, 15 rebounds, 17 assists, and the Mavericks beat the Sacramento Kings, 127 to 123. College basketball tonight: Utah and Arizona in the desert, 6:30 on Pac-12 Networks. BYU hosts USD in the Marriott Center, 7 o'clock on BYU TV. Top of the Wire brought to you by Zero Res. Start your new year off fresh and clean with a call to Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Get three rooms of carpet clean for just $89.95. Schedule Zero Res today online at ZeroResSaltLake.com or call them at 801-288-9376. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Do you know the Peregrine Falcon is the fastest living creature on the Earth? Prairie? Yeah, the Falcon? Peregrine. I'm sure you're wrong. I'm pretty sure it's the Millennial Falcon. <laughs> that's stupid. Boo. Was that a Star Wars yeah, reference? Star Wars joke. Or is there an actual Nailed bird it. that's a millennial? Yeah, it just sits on your couch and eats <laughs> chips. <laughs> and blames everybody else there's nothing, for You mean there's nothing more worthless and slow than a millennial falcon? Hey, can you bring some pigeons by later? Hey, could you chew up those worms and spit them in my mouth? Because I don't feel like chewing. That's Do I look so good, good in these skinny jeans for a falcon? <laughs> I'm not sure. I really like my beard, though. I feel like I have chicken legs. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Craig Bowlerjack. He is checking in on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any iPhone, lease any phone, and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Bowler, good morning. Hello, guys. Welcome to New Orleans. Yeah. How are you? Well, we're doing well. I'm doing well. I, I expect some kind of tension because we have the sportscast of the year and the runner-up in sportscast of the year. One's got to win, one's got to lose, and now you got to come, uh, you know, kind of face to face over the radio, so to speak. I don't yeah, expect yeah. any tension unless someone welches on a certain bet that involves me getting free food. No, no, no Welch. That will occur as soon as uh, the schedule allows, allows a little it, yes. barbecue feast, my friend. Okay, but I can be patient. I have patience. I know Scotty G is flying all around the western United States for Mountain West games, and you are flying all around the United States for jazz games, but I'm just sitting here waiting to eat barbecue, so let me know. (laughs) I just hope one day I can be nominated. Obviously, I don't have the skill or talent to win, but I would hope one day I could at least be in the running. That's all I ask. DJ, you now have to talk. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I don't know who, seriously, and this is true. I don't know who controls the votes, how you get nominated, and who votes no, and wins. I don't Russia. Once, I never have. Russia. No, Russia's one possibility. Once upon a time, <laughs> I was told by someone who worked at the D News that the D News held 70 or 80% of the votes. Oh, wow. Now, well, I don't know. That's bias for me. I worked at the that's, Watchdog. That's enemy. more than, a, I'm sure it was more than a decade ago, and it could be longer than that. I don't know how long ago that was, but it was, it, it had to have been 15 years. Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I don't have an answer to it. Um, I don't know really who all has votes. Do you have one? Like a, uh, yes, I, I don't. do, but you can't. You can't vote for yourself, so it doesn't So really let's matter. get right down to it. Did you vote for me or did you vote for Scotty? Because we were the three finalists. Tell the well, truth, Bowler. Uh, he didn't have to I vote for either of you. No, I, I left it empty. 
I see how you are. I would have voted for uh, me. I'm ordering a couple extra sides at this thing. I'm telling you that. Right. Yeah. As if that yeah, was enough. Yeah, that's probably Cold's true. Law. No, PK made a strong point, actually. I got to... <laughs> Gonna tip my cap to him there. <laughs> if you'd voted for me, I would have ordered the sides anyway. Who are we kidding? I'll take the potato salad and the coleslaw. Yeah. And we'll have to find a day that all the, the moon aligns. and. Well, and, after know. the Jazz sweep the NBA finals, obviously. I mean, they're not losing. There you again. go. Yeah, let's yeah, make quick they're, work they're of it at that point. extremely well. I, <laughs> it's an amazing run of 10. Yeah, we're talking and 15 to 16. We're talking about, you know, this midway point of the season is here. Who is MVP of the team? And to me, I think it's unquestionably Rudy Gobert. You know, uh, maybe a month ago, I would probably not agree. But the way that he's played uh, the last 20, uh, it's been so impressive uh, on both ends of the floor, PK. Um you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys that need a piece of that uh, MVP trophy, but I think too that you know Donovan has been solid. Expected Bogdanovich has fitted in this team much better than I think all of us thought, uh, and his athleticism is a, maybe a surprise. I, he's more multidimensional uh, than I maybe even I thought when I saw him play in Indiana, and then you've got names starting to pop up. Clarkson has fit like a glove in ten games. How about that? Coming to a team and he hasn't tasted defeat uh, from Cleveland. I mean, he's 10-0 with the Utah Jazz. And Moutier's growth is impressive as well. So, um, you know, and Joe's another great story. I mean, we can just keep going on and on from a, from a bench, from that six-man role back to a starter. Uh, because of Conley's injury, uh, they make some decisions to go back to Joe. And this whole team, man, is just so intriguing. But the centerpiece, I think you're spot on. Uh and again, I don't know if he'll garner all-star votes, um, but maybe the coaches in this league will understand the, his importance. I think on this road trip, every head coach we, we've run into uh, has been basically in awe of what Rudy uh, contributes and how he uh, you know, basically blows up a lot of coaches' offenses and how they're in a scramble mode. I thought we saw that in Brooklyn uh, just a couple of nights ago. So, uh yeah, incredible talent. Uh, maybe starting to get a little bit more offensive-minded as well, and maybe trying to improve his shot selection. He's showing a little bit more of a, of a deeper skill set, too. So we've had a couple people say, hey, there's a different hero every night on offense, and I think that's because yeah. every team decides who they're going to leave open, but that person is capable of making them pay. So if you just run the offense, and Joe always talks about don't you know decide what you're going to do, don't try to score a bunch of points, just make the mm-hmm. right basketball play, on any given night – Rudy might be open for the lob, but they might be bringing a third guy into the lane, so there's no lab and there's no lob. So then it's which perimeter shooter is open and has a big night. It feels like they've got it figured out, but it feels like also there's always another adjustment coming. But I don't have any idea how someone's going to adjust to this when Rudy's going to make every dunk and there's four guys who shoot over 40% from three. It seems like there's nothing left for a defense well, to do. But hope they miss. Yeah, Matt and I talked about that, and Big T and Alema, you know, we, we got into discussion, and there, I think this is one of the most dangerous teams right now. And, they, and you know, again, weapons uh, are aplenty. Uh, the Clarkson acquisition, Moutier's growth, George Niang getting more minutes, you know, those are other guys 
that have three-point ability, and George has proven that. And then there's Royce O'Neal that plays really uh, one of the better just young defenders in this league. Doesn't get a lot of accolades, you know, for scoring because that, they don't need him to. He's, he's a defensive specialist, but uh, can fire in a three-point shot as well. So, yeah, to your point, DJ, uh, I think it's a scramble mode for most defenses. And when the Jazz are on, and they are right now uh, with the perimeter shot, then it's an unstoppable offense. And then they also give you effort on the defensive end. Uh, it's, it's a dangerous uh, combination. Um, and I think, again, the passing, the assists are up, the turnovers are down. Uh, and that's another, another indication. You know, and I know it's overused, but <clears throat> connection, comfort, communication, use whatever word you, know, you want to describe it. <clears throat> but I think those couple of numbers there kind of indicate the Jazz are finally understanding how to play this game uh, you know, together. Uh, with this this team constituted, uh, and I think those those lat, those numbers, uh, especially the turnovers, they were they were getting ridiculous at one point earlier this season. Uh, you know, multiple turnovers on multiple possessions, and now it seems like they're just taking care of the ball and they know where to stick and know where to pass, and and they're hitting shots too, which makes a big difference. So when you speak of this togetherness on offense, which is obvious, you know, anytime you compliment Joe, he wants to punch you in the face. He just won't have it. It's all he won't about, have it. Nah, it's all about the team and whatnot. Although I'm getting sick of him with the all shucks attitude when he's playing at this <laughs> level because he's a bona fide NBA. I wouldn't put him at the level of a superstar, but you know, you can go the next level because he's Absolutely. right there. So how much of this cohesiveness? Uh, can be attributed to Joe's improved play. And we asked him about this when he was on the show, but he was quick to make sure that it's not at the expense of Conley. It's more about Joe playing better. Yeah. You know, he won't talk about that. And he is, uh, I know it's the all shucks, and he, he kind of gets a little you know snippy with the media. And that's good, man. That's Joe. I mean, that's, that's the way he likes it. And that's the way, I think, you know, again, motivates himself. Look, he makes the first three in Brooklyn the other night, and he, and he kind of glances over at the Nets, and you know gets teed up uh, shortly after. You know he likes to play with that chip on his shoulder, you know, and and uh, but he is about team. And I, PK at thirty two, very few players that I can even think of ever ever improve or take their game up a notch, and that's where Joe Ingles is right now. Usually you have peaked at that point in time of your career. And maybe you're just playing kind of solid ball until 35 hits, and most guys are out of the league. But, uh, yeah, it's an amazing story uh, that Joe Ingles continues uh, to improve. And he looked like he was, um, I don't think he would admit it either, uh, just not in, in, in the moment. It wasn't his style to be a six guy. I think he's a starter. These guys give him opportunities to be a playmaker, and he likes that as well. He loves to maybe get that ball into Gobert with the pick and roll and pick up. Look at his assists. I mean, he's nearly five a game, and that's crazy. I mean, you know, for a guy, uh, you know, of all the things that he does. But, man, he just gets it, PK. Uh, he's just a smart player. And I'm with you. Not at the superstar level, but, man, I'd say there's nights that I would put him as an all-star. There's no doubt. He, he's multifaceted. I, I love watching him play. See, I think his improved play, and I think that the drop in turnovers goes back to the change on the bench. I think that 
guys on the other team were able to gamble defensively because the Jazz had a couple non-shooters on the floor that you could leave. They were able to double because of that. And now you can't. And there's a guy wide open, and he can make a shot. And I think that's been the biggest change, and it's enabled Joe to play better because Joe couldn't score because there were three guys in the paint and they weren't leaving him. But he couldn't get assists because he was throwing the ball to guys who couldn't make shots. Now, Joe's not going to come on and say, yeah, my teammates really sucked, so I'll say it. They cut a guy, they traded a guy, they benched a guy. I mean, the bench is totally different. And it's not on any one of those guys, but the accumulative impact of putting three more scorers on the floor changes everything. You know, I remember, too, in those uh, in the earlier games of the season, to your point, uh, DJ, is that Ingles would be crowded on the perimeter and doubled on most nights, which would, again, eliminate his shooting. He was forced to take late shot clock threes mm-hmm. in a bailout situation. So to your point, spot on, uh, because he was the target of that second unit and didn't allow him to really have some open space to do his work. Uh, and you're right with the changes in Clarkson's ability to move and to slash, along with Moutier's uh, great improvement. Uh, you know the bench has become a dangerous weapon for the Jazz, and they also blend those two, especially with the five, uh, the five starters. So you know, out comes Bogdanovich, or out comes Joe, and in comes Jordan or Moutier. Donovan gets his rest, so you never really lose much. Uh, and the second unit, when they're on with George Niang and Tony Bradley. I mean, the blending is pretty impressive, you have to admit. And those nine, uh, and sometimes ten with uh, Tucker, Rajon Tucker, uh, they they just have speed, strength, and a lot of shooters, as you mentioned, and that equals a ten-game winning streak. They've certainly been aware of that. The teams that they've been beating outside of the Clippers have mostly, if not all, been under 500. And obviously that changes over time, and it's going to change here very, very soon. Uh, before the All-Star break, I think they have uh, eight opponents that are going to be above 500, including teams that they haven't seen that they're right in the hunt. Obviously the Nuggets, you throw in the Rockets there. So how much do you think, and I don't know that they necessarily talk about it, but that they would, they actually are relishing the opportunity because if they storm into the All-Star break, then it's like, yeah, we got your teams over under 500 that we've beaten, but how about these other guys too? And so they really make a statement in terms of legitimacy. Yeah, no, that's that's the next step in this whole evolution of this team, PK, is the schedule. Earlier in the season, uh, you know, it was uh, – kind of a heavy dose of Memphis, uh, you know, and, and you saw Oklahoma City a couple of times and the Clippers. Uh, but now I think the real interesting test is about to come. But think about the confidence that they are building and they've worked out some of these issues. They've made the, the tweak on the bench. In fact, not a tweak. They made some major big decisions, by the way, to to trade uh, you know Dante Exum and let Jeff Green go. Those are big decisions and gambles, but they didn't have any choice, in my opinion, because they had to make something happen uh, to give the Jazz kind of a new life, uh, a new look, a new identity. And now the, the the schedule comes into play here, as you're right, before the All Star break. In fact, <clears throat> next week uh, when the Jazz get back, you start to finally see uh, the Jazz play Denver, right? You see them play the Houston Rockets. Have yet to play them this season, and so uh, it's it's going to be a test for the Jazz. And finally, the critics out there will say, "Yeah, this soft schedule, you should be winning." Well, okay, 
but they're also dominating right now. So now the test is, can you beat the elite teams, allegedly the elite teams with the Jazz are now building to be one? Those are going to be great head-to-head uh, matchups. And I think those will answer those games will answer some questions that everybody's uh, kind of been pondering for the last uh, you know three to four weeks. By the time we visit with you next week, the Indiana Pacers game will be in the background and uh, have already been played. I'm curious because I always say this, and then PK always mocks me. Pros don't think like that. Do you think the Jazz, because they've lost, and I don't really care your opinion on this, but I know that you know the guys better than we do, and I'm really curious what you think they would tell you. Do you think they've circled this one a little bit and they're bitter because the Pacers have beaten them three times in a row over two years by some pretty big margins? Or do you think it's just another game, Indiana's pretty good, here we go? Now, you guys know athletes. They will tell you, look, one game at a time. But in reality, that's the motivator. Uh, they understand it. They know. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you, you and I, all three of us, we've we've sat and talked to professional athletes and even college athletes uh, who usually don't like to show their hand. But down deep, that's what it's about. I mean, it's about rivalry. It's about let's go. This is you know we're not going to have this. Yeah, yeah. Bogdanovich. Let's be honest. That means something to him. I mean, it has to. Uh, it goes back and it's, you know, it's a high five and some of the, a lot of those teammates were gone too. A lot of these teams, you know, here's the other thing too, I've realized in the West, especially when the, the injuries came to Durant and now Curry and Clay and Durant's off to Brooklyn. Um, you know, the whole West decided to make their move. So, you know, these, the times where you go back and kind of high five old teammates this particular year, there's not a lot of guys that, that were playing with them a year ago. And so sometimes you lose a little bit of that, you know, of that hello, I'm back type of feel. The crowd remembers you, but the teammates are all totally, they're all gone and dispersed to other teams. Uh, and so, you know, that impact doesn't have as much. But still, I still think it plays in, into their hands that, look, yeah, we know we've been beaten and beaten badly. You're coming to see us. Uh, so it's it's time to, to show you what we are about. And I, I think it plays into it, absolutely. They won't tell you that, but it, it's in their head for sure. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it, and we'll appreciate it more when you get back in town and you buy me barbecue. Congratulations you on the sportscast of the year. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Craig Bowler, Jackie, joins us every week here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, you can react to Bowler and his thoughts on the jazz, and Kalani Sataki will be here at 930. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, you listen to Bowler talk there. Any takeaways from that, PK? We pretty much know who these guys are. They're 15-1 in their last 16 games. They're undefeated since they got Clarkson, and it's right in front of us on a plate, and it's pretty obvious what's going on. Uh, I still think they have a lot to prove, and it'll be shown to a good degree, not completely because they'll have time to rebound if things go poorly or they'll have to do it again if things go great. But we'll get a better read between now and the All-Star break. Looking forward to seeing Denver and Dallas and Houston twice each. We haven't seen those teams yet. No question. 
see Luka Doncic, who rolled up another triple-double. Another win. It's just it's not even a big deal when Doncic has a triple-double. Nobody goes nuts. And these are pretty healthy numbers. You know, 15, is, 15 rebounds and 17 assists. And they haven't faced players like that recently. So it'll be interesting when they get these guys. Get the Joker. And Houston. Yeah, some people call him the Space Cowboy. That would be great if people actually did do that. Some call him the Gangster of Love. A couple people probably do that. I know a few of his teammates even call him Maurice. Because he's the Joker. Sing it. He's a midnight toker. You're just going to recite it. He gets his assists on the run. Although I don't think he's ever run anywhere. Jazz fans waiting for a little national pub for this team, or they know they're good, they're just waiting for the playoffs? National pub. Yes. You don't have to worry about any of that. People around the country talking about this team. The NBA, professional sports, takes care of itself. You don't try for that. You get that through one thing, winning. That, if you're worried about that, you're a nincompoop. That's not even worryable. It's not, I don't even think of that. That's you, the dumbest thing you've said all morning. USA Today with a story out, and it ends with, it talks about how good they are. Good enough to live up to expectations this team has for itself. Good enough to hang with the Lakers, Clippers, and Nuggets in the playoffs. That's what we're waiting to see. Well, that's the obvious one. That's what I'm saying. They have a, a slice of opportunity to prove it again. There's going to be three opportunities to prove your greatness before the regular season ends. You have one right now, and you're doing it. You win 15 out of 16. Milwaukee's won 18. Who remembers who they beat? They just beat they, – they, beat, they won 18 games. In a row. Who knows? I can't tell you all their wins. I mean, we don't follow them every day. But we know they've got a special player and then some really good players, right? So we understand that. So that, we won 15 out of 16, and you're 10-0 since the trade and the um, stuff that Clarkson has given you. That jumps out at you. So they're proving it now. Now they have another opportunity that awaits in a couple of weeks here over the course of the couple of weeks to prove it again. So they do it again, then they break for a week. Then it's like, all right, you had a hot streak, and your hot streak lasted a little bit longer than normal. But what are you going to do now? You've had a week off. Everybody's had a week off. Everybody comes back refreshed, uh, focused, because the thing that is in October – that seems so far away, it's now you can almost you can almost touch it. It's just right there. It's like that car that you have, and in the dashboard, you look out, and you see the speed limit that you got, that you're driving. You ever wanted to see one of those cars? So it's in your, as you look out on the road, it's out in the, her, the short horizon in your car. You know what I'm talking about? Really? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It'll show you how fast you're going. Cool. Yeah. Like what, some kind of computer screen projecting yeah, 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 it yeah. out there? Yeah. So it looks like it's about four or five feet beyond the car. Okay, cool. My wife has one right now. I don't. Yeah, she, she drives one. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to take your eyes off the road, is the point. No, it's right in front of you. Right. Yeah, it's right in front of you. You don't have to look down. So yeah. the end of the season is right in front of these guys when they come back after the All-Star break. So they'll have an opportunity to prove it then. They prove it then, and it's canceled vacations in May. No May vacations, people. See you for the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. 
that's a realistic expectation. The Jazz and the Lakers. Oh, for sure. I don't know if the Lakers will get there. I don't know if the Jazz will get there. But that is a realistic. If you answer, and they're already answering one, if you do it now between the next three weeks and then you do it again after the All-Star break, you will have answered the regular season questions. And then all the questions start again in the postseason. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Kalani Sataki is coming up at 9.30. We'll talk with Cougar football coach as he gears up for the offseason. Stay with us.